0: I'm uh, Marvin Stiggy. Uh, I'm I'm Jewel Stiggy. We've been married, we will be married, 75 years, March the 2nd. When you get married, you don't necessarily, well, you can't really change each other, so you need to know who that individual is that you're in love with. And I'll have to say that we did have bumps in the road. Well, so. all marriages do, for some, <laughs> but you know, you end up right. twice, being 75 years, you yeah. know. Why? You're always making yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you have to work at your relationship and tell each other, what? I love you. I love you. you. <laughs> because you have to think of what you've seen in that person in the first place. I mean, when you're going together, it's just all wonderful. But when you're living together, you find out the differences between people. And believe me, it's not easy. You have to work at it. I, for one, cannot uh, go to bed and be angry. And that's one thing we did, we straightened out any differences before we said goodnight and it was always I love you. My encouragement is tell each other that you love each other, hug them, and um, let them know that you're thinking of them, Um, and again, don't go to bed angry. Right. I, all I can say is that we've been blessed for, for 75 years. Amen. <laughs> it's, been great. it's been great. I love you so much. <laughs> <We do. laughs>
1: yes, how good is that? Man. Happy 75th, and man, they're with us this weekend watching online, and we just want you know we celebrate you. That is powerful, powerful, powerful. Uh, and really, at the end of the day, that's our life goal, right? Isn't it? That, man, we can live a life that has significance and impact, and we can endure the race. And so today when we talk about um, making a good decision and then making that decision good, and we, especially as it relates to marriage, here's what I want to go ahead and just clear the air and get this out of the way, is what we realize is all over this room there are different stories. Uh, There are different uh, marriages. There are different uh, ways to get there. There are single people. uh, There are those that were married. And what I want you to know is that no matter where you are on your journey, no matter where you are in that life, there's a space and a place where God wants to take you into the next level matter of fact how many people in here today you're married i mean you're married keep your hands up hold you hold them up right some of y'all went like just hold it up there okay good how many of y'all are single how many are single raise your hand high higher than that come on all my single people hold it hold it up come on don't be shy all right how many y'all want to be married okay i want you to look around and we'll be in the VIP room right after service. We've got a thing just for you. And uh, all you online, consider this your online dating app. Just go ahead and say, I'm single. Put your picture, now teasing. And uh, here's what I want you to know if you're single. Uh, the goal in life, sometimes you can be felt like as in a church is that you have to get married. And what I want you to know, the Bible tells us just as marriage is a gift, so is being single. And uh, this is the time in your life and the season in your life where you get to really begin to set the course and set the expectations. And so what I want to encourage you is this, is that, man, live life in your fullest. And man, if your heart desires to get married, uh, man, then God will bring that right person. But today's message, even though you go, great, I'm single, now I'm going to talk about Get married, I don't apply to me. Here's what I'm going to tell you every, every married person then started single. And probably all of us needed to hear this before we got to there. And so today, I just want to encourage you make this message a place where you begin to set the expectations for your heart and what God's going to do. My wife and I, Tiffany, we've been married coming I mean, this May 25 years. And, uh, and so, yeah, you, you don't got to clap for that. I like it. Right? 75 is where it's at, right? Because I'm going to tell you about our 25 years, and you might not want to clap now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we've been married 25 years. We've got four kids. We've got uh, Savannah, my oldest. She's going to be 21 here in, a, in a, about a week. Uh, and my daughter, Aaliyah, is 19. And then I've got the boys. But, you know, the girls own my heart. And so, no, we've got Elijah. He's 17. He knows everything in the world. Just ask him. Um <laughs> And then we've got our bonus baby, uh, Judah, he's 12. And some people go, man, you got four kids. You know how that happened? Yes, we knew how it happened, and we just weren't willing to give that up. And so that's how we ended up with all them. And, uh, and we've been married for 25 years, man. And what I know about marriage is I have a lot to learn. So today, here's what I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Uh, I don't have it all together. I don't have the perfect marriage. I'm definitely not the perfect husband. Uh, ask my wife. Uh, and I don't know anyone that is. Right, because at the end of the day, we are growing in this journey to become the man of God that He wants us to be, or the woman of God that He wants us to be, and to grow into marriage. See, the reality is, we watch videos like like that, where 75 years, and you think, Man, uh, they just it's been an easy road. Here's what I'm gonna tell you it's not an easy road, the journey. And the reason for for most of us it's not easy is that the biggest life decision moments that we have—getting married or having kids or whatever it may be—we always think about the beginning of the journey. And we never really think about the end of the journey, right? We think about the beginning. And the beginning is always fun because there's planning without responsibility. Kids were fun before we had them. The idea of kids was amazing. We knew what they were going to do, how they were going to act. My kid will never act like that in the grocery store. I promise you that. And I would never buy them that if they acted like that. And then I'm like, just get it in the cart. Let's get out of here. You know. Um, I had all the answers for being a parent until I became a parent. Right? And now I'm still searching for them. I I uh, I I knew I was going to be a great husband until I got married. And then I realized, well, not as much. Right, because what happens is, is we focus on the beginning. I've done, I've done probably hundreds of weddings uh, in my time in ministry. And it's so profound. We'll, I'll meet with a couple before and we'll, sit, we'll talk about uh, the wedding. And it's, they've always done this. They've planned for the reception, they've planned for the honeymoon, but they haven't planned for the wedding or the wedding life after that. And, uh, and so what happens is we come in and we're excited See, because we don't see that 75 years down the road, what is it going to be? What do I want my marriage to be? We've got a dream in our heart of what it's going to look like. And then we'll come to the place of the vows, you know, the vows. And I'll say, what do you, you know, let's talk about your vows. They go, yeah, whatever, whatever. Or they'll say something even better than that. They go, can we write our own? And I'll say, well, bring me what you got. And it says something like, sweetie, I just promise I'm going to love you, and we're never going to fight. I promise you that. We're going we're gonna to love each other, and we're going to have two kids, Jethro and Jesse, and they're going to be great kids. And man, we're going to live in a nice little house, and man, we're going to grow old together, and, and that's how our wedding vow. That's, that's a pipe dream. That's not a vow. That's not a, a commitment. And so, Tiff and I, we got married uh, 25 years ago, and there was, some, there was some things that I think I discovered along the way, and, and you probably have discovered these too, was uh, before we got married— I had the idea that she would never change. She was going to be sweet. She was going to laugh at my jokes. She was going to think hanging out with my friends was cool, because she did before. She had the idea that I was going to change. (laughs) And off began this journey of marriage. And uh, I'll bring you a little bit into our marriage along the way here and, and uh, my miscomings along the way. But what I've learned in this, when we look at Scripture, is this. Is that marriage is a good decision. Marriage is a good decision. Marriage was the heart of God. God designed marriage. He defined marriage. And he encouraged marriage. Marriage is a good decision. The book of Proverbs tells it like this. says it like this. Uh, in proverbs 18 he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the lord i love the scripture because it didn't say uh she that finds a husband finds a good husband right because i think even god shocked some of you all found somebody you know like he's like you found somebody this is good see marriage is good and marriage is blessed by god it's the heart of God, it, it, it was determined by God even for the foundations of the earth. Because the thing God wanted when he created the planets and the universe and the, and the stars, God designed all of that because God wanted a family, he longed for a family. The Bible says we were created in his image and likeness and, and along came man and he says man, it's not good that you're alone. How many know man, it's not good when we're alone? Y'all chicken. Wives, how many know it's not good when your husband's alone? There we go. I knew I was. Ladies, you're going to love me today. And God wanted a family. And the idea of family and marriage began at the very foundations of humanity. See, God's heart was that we would come together. And, and our relationship, our marriage would, would be a portrait of that of Jesus in the church. See, God loves marriage, and marriage is a good decision. But then the reality is, is that uh, we have to make that decision good. See, that's the one thing God doesn't do. God doesn't make that decision good. He gives us the pathway to make that decision good. And so as we begin to examine and talk about making our decision good, what, the one thing I want us to know, that if we're going to make the decision good about marriage, we must realize this one important truth. We must be willing to fight for our marriage. We must be willing to fight for our marriage. We must be willing to go all in to endure. Tiffany and I, we were married for 10 years, and uh, she loves Celine Dion. Guys, don't judge me, but I said, I'm going to take her for our 10th anniversary to go see Celine Dion. We flew and went to, it going to be our big anniversary uh, time, and Celine Dion, I mean, it wasn't the most manly thing, but, you know, so I was... I was just hoping maybe she'd like to have a little reunion that night, so we got, you know, I was doing whatever it took. But here's the other thing about my wife that, that and this is what I really love, not that she loves Celine Dion, uh, I didn't even like Titanic, because we knew how that ended, uh, but I, I loved uh, that she loves the movie Rocky, it's her favorite movie, Rocky. And so we got to the, uh, we got to the concert, and outside of that there was like another convention, and it was a Rocky convention. And uh, man, she got to meet the actors, and it was great. And for our tenth anniversary, I got her this this glove. It's this Rocky glove, and it's signed by some of the cast on here and stuff like this. And then I thought about that as what I was saying about this message, and I said, "Man, nothing defines marriage more than this." Because here's the deal: I give her the ring day one, and day two we all step into the ring, right? And we spend the rest of our marriage in the ring. It's a, and the reality is there's going to be a fight. We're either going to fight for our marriage or we're going to fight with that in which we're, who we are married to. But it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a struggle because there's nothing more the enemy wants to do than to knock you out and to destroy your marriage. And what the church has done is we blamed the world about their view of marriage instead of fighting for our own. And what I want you to know is this, is that this is the good fight. This is the fight we all have to have. If we're going to make the decision good for our marriage, we're going to have to fight for our marriage. We are going to have to go all in into the battle. See here's some uh, realities about marriage. There's there's this myth that 50% of all marriages end in divorce, and that's just not true. As a matter of fact, let me just kind of give you some of the facts of marriage. This is for believers, -believers, non-believers, no matter what faith, whatever it is, the facts are this, that 41% of all first-time marriages will end in divorce. 41%. 63% of all second marriages will end in divorce. And 75% of third marriages will end in divorce. Third time is not a charm. See, what it says is that once you give up in the fight for your marriage, you will continue to give up. I always said uh, it's like the Mike Tyson syndrome, right? Remember when Mike Tyson couldn't lose until he did? And he said this, he said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Every marriage has a plan until they get punched in the face, until life really hits them. And so there's this battle, there's this struggle in, in marriages, but here's the thing that's the most disheartening. Now when you take it to religion, Christian marriages among, amongst every faith, Judaism, Muslim, it, it doesn't matter what it is, Christians have the highest divorce rate of all religions in the world. The ones who are sons and daughters of the living God, the one who follows Jesus and the, and the Creator, we have the highest rate of marriage. And, and so if I'm going to begin to start the fight for my marriage, Here's what i got to realize. It has to be centered around God. It has to be focused on Jesus. And it's going to be a journey that, that we're going to need one another on the marriage life that we have. Listen to these facts about Christian marriages. 53% of couples who profess to be Christians but do not attend church regularly are involved in a community of faith and in divorce. That number goes down to 27% of Christian couples who attend church at least once a month. That if you just step in to make a commitment, we're going to step in once a month, it cuts your chances of your marriage falling apart almost in half. Take it down even further that 19% of couples who attend church at least twice a month. And then if a couple who professes to be believers... Regularly attends a community of faith, that number goes down to 10%. And you want to know the greatest weapon you have to make that decision good? 1% of couples who pray together regularly, their marriage ends in divorce. When we put God in the center of our lives, it doesn't mean we don't have struggles, it means that there's all of a sudden a new perspective and a healing. That, that's why it's so important that we realize that, that our marriages uh, really need other people to help us and encourage us and empower us. And isn't it amazing the more we go along in our marriage and when things start to get stagnant or things start to feel like a tension is happening, we begin to pull away and we pretend. That's why I love these statistics. And I just want to go ahead and just say to you, there are no perfect marriages. You go, but I've seen him on Sunday. Yeah, but you didn't see him pulling in on Sunday. Right? For t- almost 20-something years, my wife and I have never ridden to church together. And that's probably a good thing. You know, because I had to be here early to, as a pastor. And, and, but people will look at certain people and go, man, they have the perfect marriage. As a matter of fact, this has been a tough week for even me and my wife. I, I mean, really, for me as a husband, because I was just a buffoon, which is a little bit normal. But man, the enemy starts messing with you and and really messing with your heart. And I'm like, God, why in the one week that I got to preach on marriage is like, man, I'm just looking at myself and I feel like a failure as a dad or I feel like a failure as a husband. And it was the reality of this. There are no perfect marriages. So if you're looking and go, man, Pastor Shane or Pastor Stan, man, they have it all together. Just talk to our wives. See, we're in the battle, too. Because the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy the marriages. And ultimately, the reason he is out to is because it was God's design. See, we have to really understand this about marriage. Marriage is much more spiritual than emotional. Marriage is much more spiritual than it is emotional. Genesis 2, 24, the very first uh, reality of marriage. It's the first institution God creates. He talks about marriage, and he says it like this. This is why a man leaves his father and his mother. So let me just, first of all, this is really in the SWV, the Shane Walters version of the Bible. This is saying, this is why you can't be a mama's boy when you get married. Right? You're leaving that affirmation as a man. Uh, you're leaving that, that place. And I love my mama. My mama was, my mom, I mean, I'm a mama's boy. Right? And what I realized, and I'll tell you about our first and second, third fight here in a few minutes, was that my wife didn't love the idea of a mama's boy. And it says that they should be united to his wife and they would become one flesh. There's significance in this moment. There's significance that this is a spiritual moment, it's not an emotional moment. Love will get you to the altar. But love and the feeling of love will soon pass away if we're not careful. So, my wife and I, we we get married. We get married one week out of Bible college. We were ready to get married, so I thought. And so, we got married one week out of Bible college because all of our friends were still in uh, Bible college and they couldn't afford to come back for the summer for our wedding. So, we had to do it right then. And so that was the, the significance of that. We get married, and man, it's great. Had this beautiful wedding. It's awesome. We, I, I, my wife, man, she was all into the ceremony, and I was all into the to the honeymoon. Right? I was all into that. And man, we go on to our we go on to our honeymoon, and man, it's great. And it, it's probably much better for the guy than it was the girl, but it was great. And uh, we, I'll never forget, we came back into our beautiful 400 square foot apartment. It cost $400 a month. I was making $50 a week as a youth pastor. Man, we were going to take over the world. And all of that was great until our first morning that we were in the apartment. And my wife says to me, I don't know why you think it's so great to have all your little college buddies hanging out at our house playing video games. I didn't marry your buddies. I married you. I go, well, you seem to want to date them because you liked it when they were hanging out with me all the time before. And she said, I, she said, I need you to grow up. And I go, my mom never said that to me. She said, I didn't marry your mom. And then at that point, a bowl of Cheerios kind of came out my face. And remember when I said I thought she wouldn't change? Who is this woman? And remember when she thought I would change? Who is that man? We stepped into the ring. And what I've learned from that day to this day is that this is a spiritual battle and this is a spiritual journey. That this is about God, this is about a reality and it's a spiritual journey because we come together as one and ultimately what God is saying is that marriage is a covenant and it's not a contract. And this is a big deal, and I want you all to get this real quick. Covenant is a big deal to God. Covenant is a, it is a place in our lives that is literally bound until death. We know there's the Abrahamic covenant that God makes with Abraham, that all the descendants of his uh, would be blessed. And that, we're still under that covenant He makes a covenant with Noah that he wouldn't destroy the the world again by flood and the rainbow would be the sign of that. See, the covenant in Scripture was everything. The communion that we take is a representation of the covenant we have with Jesus. And a covenant was made by the shedding of blood and the blood would come together as ones as though it couldn't be separated. And the only way a covenant could be broken was by death. A contract, on the other hand, A contract is based on mutual mistrust. That's why we have contracts, right? Uh, I don't believe you're going to do what you say you do, so we're going to write it down. And if you don't do what you say you're going to do, I'm not going to do what I said we're going to do. And the contract comes to an end. And the problem is most of us, we see marriage at times as a contract. If you do this, I will do this. If you will act like this, I will act like this. If you're kind, I'll... And, and what happens is it now becomes about selfish motive. See, covenant is about mutual commitment. A contract is about mutual mistrust. And all of a sudden, it's all about our own, our, our own satisfaction, our own desires, our own wants, our own heart. And so when we begin to see things as a contractual basis, at that point, we begin to look out for ourselves. And now the fight isn't for our marriage. The fight is with our spouse. There's the tension that is always going at each other. And here's what I want you to know. You can only fight in your marriage for so long until someone throws in the towel. But if you choose to fight for your marriage and you have battles along the way of how you get there, there will be a power and a place and a space in our marriages that will take us to a whole new level. But if we keep thinking it's just about the emotion, if it's just about the feeling, that feeling will go away. And here's what will happen. Someone else will come along and make you feel good. They'll say something, a little Facebook comment here or there. And all of a sudden we will be driven by our emotion, not our covenant. And God is simply saying this, that marriage is more than emotional feeling. It is mutual covenant. It is a place and a space that God honors. And so if we're going to begin to step into the ring and we're going to begin to fight for our marriage. Not only do we have to realize that there's a a covenant that is binding us together, but we also have to understand that marriage is ultimately a battle of submission. It's a battle of submission. It's a battle of putting Jesus first because when I make the covenant in marriage, it's simply this, I'm not only making a covenant this way, I'm making a covenant this way. It's a three-party covenant. It's the, literally the coming together in the eyes of God and here. And, and so we say our vows sometimes and we don't really think about what we just said. I promise to love you. We all got that. And then we say stuff like, in good times, oh and bad. Richer oh, and poor. How many of y'all were just so poor when you got married you thought, man. You just like, nobody? Man, I'm okay. In good times, or in sickness and in health, forsaking all others until death do us part. And if we're not careful, we'll say those as a byline, not a covenant. But God views it as a covenant, and we're accountable. And so Jesus likens this idea of submission to him and the church. The Bible says that He is the groom and the church is His bride. And there's this place of mutual submission along the way. What does Jesus always do? First of all, He always submits to the Father. He never goes by His emotion. His emotion in the garden when when Jesus is about to die for your sins and hang on a cross and be found guilty of every sin that was all of humanity has committed. He said, God, if it's at all possible, I don't want to go through this. But not my will, your will be done. And it was the love that he had for the church, for us as people, that put him to the cross. He submitted himself under us so that he could lift us up. He didn't feel like it. There was no mutual gratification for him. But he was fighting. He was fighting for you and he was fighting for me. And he said that he's going to come again for the bride. He's going to come for his church. See, it was always about submission for Jesus. And where is it along the way that in our marriage, we made it all about us? We made it all about us. Let me ask it like this. However long you've been married, from that day to this, Is your marriage what you dreamt it would be? Is it it what you dreamt it would be? I don't mean know the circumstances what you dreamt it would be. Is your marriage what it dreamt to be? Let me ask you go one step further. Is your marriage the model you would want your kid's marriage to be? You go, but you just don't understand now. I'm not comparing stories. What I'm saying to you is this, is that all of us have been hit by life. All of us have been hit. We've all been sucker punched by life. And if we're not careful, what happens is this. We will either just exist. We will try to fight each other as long as we can. And we'll just accept Whatever it is, and if it gets too hard, I'll just throw in the towel. And here's what I want you to know your marriage, designed by God, is ultimately worth fighting for. Your marriage matters to God. And for it to matter to you and for it to flourish, it has to be a battle of submission, and I want to just read this as we kind of bring this message to a close today uh, in a few minutes. But I want to read in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. And the first verse that I'm going to read to you, I'm going to break down because this is the, the most important verse that I'm going to read out of these. Therefore, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So does it say, uh, submit to one another because you like them. How many of you all go, I love my spouse, but there's a lot of days I just don't like them. My wife right now is raising her hand online. I can see it. Come on, how many would say that? How many would say, just, some days I just don't like them. You cowards. It's all the guys looking at their wife going, is she going to raise her hand? Is going to We all have those days. How about submit to one another because they always do the right thing? How about submit to one another... Uh, because life is perfect. No. Submit to one another how? Out of reverence for Christ. That out of my reverence for Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place myself into a, uh, a battle of submission where it says, here, I'm going to put myself under you. No, I'm going to put you above me. I'm going to put you above me. And there's this battle to say, I'm going to make you more important than me. And some of you feel like, well, I've been doing that, and it's not, it's not being mutually returned. Here's the reality. We are not responsible before Jesus of how our spouse responds to us. We are responsible. Now, here's what I want to say as we go into this next verse. If we're not careful, this will be a place of division among us. Because in verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And men, listen to me. If you ever in your mind thought, uh, I'm in charge, I'm the man, I'm the man of this house, and you thought that was a place of power, either you don't know Scripture or you don't know Jesus. This was not a place of authority to tear down or to become to become more powerful it's actually an invitation to men to be the example of Christ to say follow me as i put you above me and i will take the wounds along the way first that i will take the arrows that i will i will protect you with my life i will go first and that you can follow me because I will be the one. Not as I'm the great protector, but out of love I will pursue Christ and I will lead the way in submission. Jesus was always bringing himself. He refused to be, have, take on the right of God. He put himself as lowly. He put himself under one another. And he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And that I love you more than, than even my, my own self. See, it's the place, and so that we become worthy of that. But if you've ever had this, like, religious, thing, I'm the man of the house, you do what I say. You've already lost, and you're not representing Jesus. It's literally saying, I'm the man, and I will go first. And ultimately what it's saying is this, is that you will stand before God and give an account for your family. And so he says, "Why submit to that, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body which is, for, of which he is the Savior. Isn't that amazing? It says the body, meaning this. I will take the wounds so that you don't have to. And this is hard. And I also want to say when we get to these next two verses, and when I talk about submission, let me just say this real quick. This is a 30-second infomercial. When I'm talking about submission, if you're in a relationship in a marriage that is abusive, I'm not saying submissiveness means you sit and take that. You get out of there, you come see us, and we've got some people that just aren't saved yet that'll go help you out. (laughs) Because if you're a guy putting your hands on a woman, I know some people and I'll be in that line. And I know I'm not supposed to say that. So I'm not talking about that. So let's pause on that. And if you need help today, you come see us. I promise you, we'll have your back. I'm talking about the idea of submission that it means I'm going to literally continue to put you above me. It says this, now the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Here's the idea. It is, no, you're more important. No, you're more important. No, you're more And it's the battle to always be putting first. And love and it's hard sometimes it's hard all the time it's hard to it's hard to keep putting someone forward when you feel like they're not putting the best effort forward when they keep making the mistakes when you when you just feel like man we're gonna exist and and we're and and, and you go or some of us today we're, we're just gonna stay together for the kids how about come together for jesus But I've been through so much, we've, we've we've battled so much, yes! That's why you need the grace of God, and the peace of God. And the only thing that worries me about seeing a video of people that made us 75 years and we said we just love you and and we kissed and it's powerful, was we know there was a journey with a lot of bumps in the road to get to that place. And what I want you to know is this, God says the choice of marriage is good. The question is, are you, what fight are you going to take to make that decision good? All of us are going to fight. Every one of us. You're either going to fight in your marriage or you're going to fight for your marriage. But marriage is not a passive sport. Because the enemy wants to destroy everything that has happened. He wants to destroy. And what is the easiest thing to do when we're in a fight? It's to try to fight the one we're closest to. Some of us do it in our faith. We try to fight Jesus. When he's trying to heal us in our marriage, we we say the things that we shouldn't have said. We know. Come on, wives, now this is your turn you know what buttons to push, right? You just know what to say because you just want someone to feel that pain. And here's the reality. We are in a fight that matters more than anything else. And the fear should not be, what is the world defining marriage as? The ultimate fear is have I stopped fighting for my own marriage and my own family to say, God, what is it you're speaking to me? So I've had to do a lot of searching in my own journey because I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. And here's where I ultimately miss it the most is when I try to be God instead of trust God. I try to fix stuff that I shouldn't try to fix and let God move. I tried to be our provider instead of letting God be our provider. I I tried to shield when I should just trust. And so there's sometimes that I have to go, God, I just need a word from you. I want to be the husband that you want me to be. And when I let my emotions, sometimes even with the right intent, man, I can make a mess out of stuff. How many of you could agree with that? And it's a constant journey to continue to grow and to grow and to grow. I can't think of anything worse than being married to Shane Walters. Well, maybe some of you, I don't know, maybe some of you guys, but. But here's what I do know. I will fight till death for my marriage. Because it matters for me. It matters to Jesus. And it matters to my children. And I want to get to a space and a place that when I was at that altar and I, and I said my vows, I want to see my marriage become what I believed God knew it could be. You say, "But it's too late, it's gone too far, we've had too much pain it's only too late when you throw in the towel so Matthew 19:6 Jesus says it like this Therefore what God has joined together let no one separate so how do I survive the fight for my marriage here it is every day Make it your mission to outdo your spouse in submission and love, even if it's not returned. And it'll be hard. But I'm not accountable for her. You're not accountable for him. You're accountable for you. And I will not get and stand before Jesus and give an account for my spouse. I won't. Matter of fact, I won't give an account for my my children as they've grown and become adults. I mean, I'll give an account for maybe some of the stuff I did along the way, but I'm going to give an account for my life. I'm going to give an account for my life. And so the way that I begin to see God bring healing and restoration is through submission and love. Every day, number two, I've got to... I've got to walk in forgiveness. And if you think forgiveness means permission, you're wrong. Forgiveness is ultimately what Jesus gives you every day. And what's been tearing you apart, yes, there needs to be accountability and all these things in our marriage, what ultimately tears us apart is we've Lost the ability to forgive. He ain't never going to change. She ain't never going to change. Always going to be this way. Let's just say that it is. I don't believe it has to be. Let's just say that it's always going to be that way. Are you going to be, are you going to be able to stand before Jesus and said, even if they never changed, my forgiveness never wavered? See, forgiveness doesn't mean permission, and forgiveness doesn't excuse anything. Forgiveness makes you more like Jesus, and it brings healing. And ultimately, it's this, is that every day I've got to pray for my spouse. Every day I've got to pray for my spouse, and I have to pray that God would be revealed to me. I know. This week, I'm sitting there, and, and this is how my week started. Sunday night. Now, we've been through a journey and a season as a family. I, I love my home team. But the last five years have been brutal with my son having his disease and just the strain and the financial stress of tw- almost 20 major surgeries that were by insurance and, and, man, giving everything and feeling at times wounded by the church, all these things that we've walked through. Uh, Sunday night, I get a call at 8 o'clock, and it's my daughter, and she's crying. And not one of those, like, normal cries, one of those ones. And I never get stressed out like, like it's no big deal and my, that's the other thing my wife says, nothing's a big deal to you. And I'm like, everything's a big deal to you. And, you know, but this was a big deal to me. And she's like, Dad, I got into a car wreck. And I didn't have my best dad moment. I said, well, whose fault was it? <laughs> and she, she's crying, and I'm realizing this is a different cry. And I'm crying because it's my car. So I drive down, and my car's totaled, and, and uh, it wasn't her fault, praise Jesus for that, I think. Uh, but the reason I was so stressful is because the month before, my son totaled my daughter's car, and we only had liability on that, and so that, that was gone. And the reason that was stressful is because the month before that, my oldest daughter, she, she wrecked and totaled her car. And so we, our family of six, went down to one car in a moment, and uh, stressed out, and the financial stress of that, and what are we going to do? And I, all these things, and these moments, and these tensions— And you feel this anxiety. You're like, God, what do I do? What do do we do in this moment? And all these things and these tensions. And and all of a sudden, now you feel like a failure as a husband or a dad, all these things. And so then it's going, God, what are you speaking to me about me? Lord, I need a word to grow. I need a word from you. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's there's some days I just want to throw in the towel. It's okay to want to throw in the towel. Jesus wanted to throw in the towel. But then he said, not my will be done, but your will be done. Amen. And some resources for you, this. if you're, Man, if you're married and you go, man, we just want to make our marriage better. We have a marriage mental ministry where we partner you with some other couples, not perfect couples. They, they're jacked up too sometimes. But to encourage you that you're not alone in the thing, you can go to clcdayton.org and sound of marriage mentor. They're an amazing ministry that would love to just be your friend, a partner with you. Men, how men? How many go, man? I want to be a better husband, a better dad. I want to grow. Come on, raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, I'm, I mean, like wives, you can elbow them real hard. Or all that you have the glove. How many go say it? So like, I want to be a better. Dad. I want to invite you to sign up for our, our Success That Matters Men Conference next Saturday. Pastor Stan, we got some other speakers. It'll be powerful, and uh, you can go to C.L.C. Dayton. It's only like five hours. Sign up for it. Wives, how many think your husband should go to that? There was a lot more hands that went up than men. That, right? Sign up today for that. But here's the thing. It will not heal itself. There has to be a moment where you make the decision good. As the band comes, I just want to pray for you today. Because I know it's not easy, and I don't know your story. But don't let your story be a comparison to anyone else's story. Have you ever looked at every other couple and thought, man, they're, they're married. They're, it's great. Their marriage is great. Right? Here's what I'm telling you. You weren't called to fight their fight. Your marriage matters. And so you have three options. You can just let it stay how it is, and you might make it through. But that's not what God designed, and that's not what you dreamt of. For some of you, you would say, man, it's just broken and we're holding on. I don't even know if I want. I came and didn't even know if I want to hold on. Are you going to fight? And here's the greatness. You don't have to fight alone. We'll fight with you. Are there some of you in here today, you're simply saying this. It's good, but man, it's not God. I want something better. I want to be a better wife, a better husband, a better father, a better mother, whatever it is, and grow. And what I want you to know is this. You will only grow. You will only grow to the desires of your heart. And I believe God has a plan for your life and for your marriage. Would you stand with me today? With every eye closed and every eye bowed and all of you online, I want to pray with you as well. No one's looking today, but if you would simply say this, you say, Pastor, would you pray with us? Because, my, man, our marriage is struggling. For some, it might be on the rocks. For some, it just, it just might be. But it's not what you dreamt of. And you're going, man, we need God to step into our marriage. If that's you, would you just lift your hands and say, pray with me on that? I'm going to lift my hand first, so let's just, yeah, there we go. Go cool. all over this room. You How many would just maybe say, man, we're on the rocks. I don't even know if we're going to make it. I'm just tired and weary and want to quit to your would you just lift your hand? I I understand that. Yeah. I'm so proud of you for being here today. And I'm praying today that God gives you the strength to just go one more round. Because there's a moment that God will step into when you invite him to, to bring healing and restoration to your marriage like you never dreamt possible. So let's pray together. God, I thank you. For my spouse God help me to be the dad you want me to be forgive me Lord when I miss it to be the husband you want me to be forgive me Lord that I've missed so many times and Lord for all of us to miss it God I pray today for a renewal a spiritual renewal Lord that will put an agape a God pure love inside of us Lord, I pray right now that you would would give us the strength to step back into that ring one more time and fight for your marriage. Lord, I pray that you would give us the forgiveness to begin the healing process of letting go of the pain of yesterday. And Lord, I pray today for the strength the strength to say, this is worth fighting for. And ultimately, the peace to say, I forgive you. Let's work on this. Because God, I believe that when we do that, all of heaven rejoices. I believe that generations will be changed and heaven will be different when we decide to go all in with our spouse. God, today we stand Some of us battered, some of us bruised, some of us wounded, some of us tired, but we stand today by the strength of God to say, Lord, we want to represent you. We want to honor our covenant with one another. And Lord, we want the greatest marriage that we could ever have, and it only comes by submitting to you and one another. God bless our marriages today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God strength, and let's thank God for, for giving us strength we leave today before we leave let's let's just take this moment and let's just worship together this one time and say god in this moment would you speak to me because i want to make this decision good to fight for my marriage All right, here's how we're going to end, okay? This is really cool. Give me one more second. It's going to be so cool. Come here, come on, come on. Come on man. So Marvin and Jewel, you're watching right now. Remember our video people, they're, they're watching right now online. And we're going, to, we're going to say happy anniversary to them, all right? So you're on camera here. They can see you like by this. But isn't that pretty cool? Did you love that video? Man, all right. So Marvin and Jewel, we love you. And together, your CLC family on the three, we're going to say happy anniversary. One, two, three. Happy anniversary. We love you guys. Have a great day. God bless you all. See you, see you next week.